What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Martian and Ozzy podcast. This week, we're going to be analyzing the Costa versus Vittori card. A big 14-fight card going down this weekend from the Apex. I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, one of the best betters in MMA, Ozzy P. How you doing, my man? Uh, man, you know, pretty busy right now. Uh, you know, I, I've been, I've told you for a while, I like, I like betting on the NBA and it started off really good on that as well. Um, so, you know, looking at a bunch of different things, but, uh, yeah, you know, did all right last week, uh, went, went, went down to Atlantic city for a little bit too, uh, to put some, you know, stuff down and, and you know, back here, uh, for this, uh, fight night, you know, that's right before we get into, uh, these pay-per-view events, uh, right after. Yeah, last week's card, uh, the main event, predictably terrible. Um, you know, we, <laughs> we kind of, I, I think we did a good job. We didn't exactly, you know, endorse uh, Norma Dumont there, but we gave you guys a lot of reasons not to bet Aspen Ladd. And I think, you know, going back and listening, we, we did pretty well on that fight. And then, you know, we had some of our boys come through. Um, Danny Roberts edged the split decision. Andre Olovsky won that shit. Um, Brandon Davis and Andrew Sanchez kind of let us down a little bit, especially Andrew Sanchez. Um, but still a good week. I profited three units, 54% ROI. So it was a good, good week man. for me. You know, h- hitting on Andre Olovsky, I feel like th- those spots like that are, you know, pretty, you know, even though you can say, hey, you know, coin flip fight, if you get that even money or a bit lower, uh, you know, you're, you're, you're going to do solid uh, if, if you get spots like that, where uh, just clearly the better fighter or variance to uh, in, in how he approaches the fight. And you could always count on a fight like that from Andre Olovsky against a, a much younger opponent. Yeah, and uh, Danny Roberts was just such an invigorating win. I love fights where your guy's getting taken down, he gets back up, and he's throwing strikes, and you're screaming at the TV for him to to do more and to throw more. And uh, Danny really did, you know, have some good optics in that fight and, you know, stole that split decision. Very close fight, but that's why we bet plus 275. He did. He did all right. I mean, I, I just feel like that's, like, the kind of fight that he needs to do to win, and, you know, we ended up getting that fight, Uh, you know, in that iteration of it there so true true different judges you know, could be a whole different outcome different judges but... yeah you could definitely like you said you know you could have a 30 27 you could have three judges that definitely see a 30 27 for a meave and you're like you know upset about it as well on the other end uh but it's probably you know you a judge could definitely see it like that as well so it's a weird fight Yep, and uh, big car this week. We're uh, back in the Apex for the last time before we go over to Fight Island next week. And 14 fights. We're going to get into all 14 Ooh, of them. Let's get into and, these things. Uh, we got to start knocking these down. Right, right. We'll try to keep it under like hour 20, hour 30 for y'all. And uh, we're going to start things off. Late replacement fight, Bantamweight division. Uh, Ziviad Lazi Shvili didn't really practice uh, pronouncing his name, but he actually opened up as a pretty significant favorite. He's sitting at minus 137 right now to Jonathan Martin. Martinez plus 117 and uh you can start this one off Ozzy the Georgian guy making his UFC debut short notice uh were you surprised uh, yeah. to yeah, see that so, one um uh you know opener yes, open no. minus 195 I think yes a, a bit I mean if you recall I don't know if we got official odds when he's fighting Jack Shore but I'm pretty sure Jack Shore was a decent sized favorite over him um but I've known about uh let me, uh, does he have a nickname here? Uh, no, I like Zeviad. No. Uh, his first name is cool enough. Zeviad. All right. So Zeviad, he should get a nickname. But um, Zeviad, <laughs> you know, when he was in um, 
LFA, you know, took down Ricky Steele pretty quickly there. Um, you saw that he's, you know, pretty pretty strong wrestler. I think, you know, could get on your hips, uh, has solid jujitsu, is strong on top. Um, and you know, if you look back at his later tape, you know, he has uh some, you know, he'll he'll be on the feet. He's probably not super comfortable there, but he's really trying to get this, you know, fight to the ground basically and you know, tip you know, take a hold of the fight from there. You know, Martinez has been in the UFC, you know, much longer. But, you know, guys consistently miss weight, um, has gotten, has been, you know, tied up before on some, you know, some occasions has shown some questionable, you know, fight IQ sometimes. And, you know, he's not that much of a proven quantity, but is pretty skilled everywhere. Is a good kickboxer. Um, has power in his hands. Uh, trains at a good camp. And if he's coming in, you know, ready for the fight, he's definitely um, shown a, a higher baseline than Zivid. Uh, Zivid. 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 And <laughs> Zivid has. So you know, definitely, I could see why the action came in his way. He trains at you know Factory X, I believe, or yep. whatever. And uh, Ziviad trains at a much smaller gym in the Northeast. But I think this guy's solid. Um, I've, I've won on him in the past in that uh, LFA fight. And if this, you know, if I could get a submission, uh, you know, a prop on him, I think I'd look at that before I bet the money line. So we'll see where the line goes. But I probably anticipate it coming down more. And uh, Martinez probably closing pick him or uh, the favorite. Yeah, so I uh, I did some tape on uh, Ziviad right before the line was released, and I was expecting a close line. I would have been interested in uh, Ziviad as an underdog, but they opened him as a pretty hefty favorite. And I think the one fight of his against Huber kind of proves everything you need to see in this fight. And uh, uh, Ziviad caught uh, a knee and a kick in that fight, turned both of them into takedowns. And I saw really good things from the guy's top control there. I, I saw him get that that one one hook in against the cage. No need to get a back take. No need to go for any you know uh, crazy submissions or anything. He just will ride you against the fence. He'll hold your wrist, land good ground and pound. I saw him you know dragging his opponents back down to the floor, landing good strikes. And we also saw him struggle on the feet in that fight, though. In round three, he struggled with the southpaw striking of Huber, was getting outboxed from that southpaw stance. So you kind of realize that Martinez is going to have success striking here. And you got to think that uh, Ziviad might have success catching some of those kicks and knees that Martinez likes to throw, turning them into takedowns, and getting his top game going. And uh, I think there are a little bit of questions around uh, Lodges Philly with his uh, layoff. Hasn't fought in a year. Uh, very short notice. This is only about a week's notice. But the guy was training for fights. He was supposed to fight Shore. I think he's going to be in good shape. Uh, on his Instagram, there's a lot of videos of him training at his gym. You did mention smaller gym, Kazian MMA. No real notable MMA fighters fighting out of there. Um, but I think Kaizen. Kaizen. He's, oh, yeah, there you go. Um and I think I've seen good enough things from his top game to think that he can take Martinez down here and put him in bad spots. Um, based on Martinez in the Wooligi Buren fight, especially where Buren took him down in all three rounds of that fight. And you brought up something about uh, Martinez missing weight. So he was supposed to fight Rojo. I believe he couldn't make weight for that fight. Um, yep. That was the reason. And then he... Um, Fought Almeida at 145. He missed weight versus signs by four pounds. And then he also um, lost to Andre Ewan the last time he made weight. So this guy hasn't won a Bantamweight fight where he made weight in over two years. Um, 
So I think there's enough questions around Martinez, his grappling credentials that I would advise passing here. And, um, you know, I, I did take a bet on Martinez at plus 158 just because I think that, uh, I think this is around 55 to 60% for Lajasvili. So I slightly favor Lajasvili, uh, interesting addition to the roster and a pretty fun fight to start off the card. Next fight is going to take us into the women's strawweight division where we have uh, Lavina Souza as the slight favorite at uh, minus 131, taking on Random Marcos, plus 111. Random Marcos, uh, only fighter in the UFC right now with a losing record, four-fight losing streak, and, you know, I still think that she has a legitimate path to victory in that, this fight. I mean, um, Souza has had trouble getting taken down. Uh, getting put on her back, she spent time there um, versus Froda. She um, got taken down by Brianna Van Buren several times. And I think that Marcos has a wrestling path to victory here. Um, and Sosa just looked completely out of it in her last fight against... Uh, uh, and Sosa versus, yeah, Sosa versus Lemos. You know, she, you know, she didn't really know what to do there, you know, and, <laughs> and, and enter in really. And then in that Ashley Yoder fight, man, you know, Ashley Yoder holds her up against the fence for long periods of time. Like, you know, when they are striking, you know, Silza does not really have accurate strikes of any kind that she lands. So, you know, you look at her matchup with Ashley or uh, with uh, Randa Marcos and, you know, if Branda brings the same intensity as she did in her last fight uh, with Pinheiro, uh, yeah. Um, you know, I think she should be able to get, get out early, you know, on this. And uh, Silva doesn't really have takedowns that she, you know, solidifies well, um, has a low athletic ceiling, I'd say. And then, you know, uh, Random Marco should be able to be more aggressive and like, you know, push around a bit. So, and you know, Souza's takedowns aren't really good. You know, the way she got on t the only reason she got on top of Yoder in one of the rounds is Yoder like fell off of her, and Marco's. You know, she was getting tossed by Pinheiro. Those are some sweet judo throws. I, you know, I, I, I want to see Pinheiro again. You know, people hate on her for whatever happened there. I don't know what happened. But uh, <laughs> uh, I, I want to see her fight again because she was judo throwing random Marcos all over the place. Uh, but Susie doesn't have – she can't do that. So, I mean, I can see why people like random Marcos. It's really difficult to want to invest any – you know, put anything behind her like that, you know, only grow in the UFC with a losing record. But, um, you know, she probably was in that uh, Pinheiro fight, could have won it. You know, people are on her then. I think it's, uh, man, I don't want to do it, but, you know, you probably have to. Yeah, I mean, if you're considering putting any <laughs> any money on this fight, it has to be the plus money on Marcos. Oh, um, I mean, Sosa's two, two decision victory is extremely oh, okay. marginal as well. Um Froda, right. we, got, we, we got to move to the next fight. Yeah, good, good, good I, think, idea, I, good. I, I think I think that's I think that's it. Like you know, good idea. I'll, I'll side with Marcos. I'll you, side with her. Marcos is plus money here, and you know if she's able to take Souza down, Souza hasn't really shown anything from her back. So like, you know, maybe she could go for like a heel hook, and like random Marcos could panic like against. Uh, oh yeah, or armbar, armbar. You know, do something really dumb where she, but you know, Very if possible. she's able, she could um, definitely tire her out. You know, bang her up, and you know. Out cardio hurt too. So it's, it's I hope I hope Randa wins. I hope she wins. Um, <laughs> next fight, flyweight division. 
Uh, Jeff Molina, minus 160 on Bet Online. Daniel Lacerda making his UFC debut. I don't know where the hell they found this Lacerda guy, Ozzy. Oh, uh, let me but, tell uh, you. Go ahead. I'll tell you where. So, you know, uh, Jeff Molina, uh, you know, coming here after that fight against uh, Ayori, but yeah, Koichi Lang, whatever they, whatever they were calling Whatever him. they were calling him on fucking the, the Koichi, commentary. Koichi, I think. I think, yeah. yes. But I'll go with uh, Ayori. Ayori. Yeah, yeah, so you know, I mean, Jeff Molina, he just he backs up a ton. I mean, he's like very, very similar. He tries to fight very similar to like James Krause, without a lot of that physical ability of uh, like behind it. I would say, you know, he's like that. He's like very methodical. You know, he'll move around. He'll you know pick his strikes. You know, pretty well. And you saw that. You know how he uh, used that in that uh, fight there on that uh, main card of the Mazadov and uh, Usman fight. And you know he eventually was able to get a stoppage, but he's he he just backs up so much. Um, he lets the fight come to him, you know, a bit too much. Uh, in that even in that uh, you know, contender series fight against uh, Silva, I think right Jacob Jacob Silva, I believe. Um, he you know he he gets pushed he gets pushed backwards. You know he's able to grapple a bit, but he's still a really young guy. And I think uh, Lacerda here, Daniel. Uh, is able to, you know, come forward and, you know, get his game going more. And the only question is then, you know, what is his cardio itself? Because he's had so many, like, first-round finishes. But I think this guy's pretty slick on the ground. He finds, you know, submissions. And he's a lot higher level, you know, in the ground element than anyone that Jeff Molina has really faced. So I think he's going to be able to get some grappling going here. Um. And and probably catch Jeff Molina, uh, and and finish him. So I like him here as an underdog. Extremely bizarre. I did not expect this from you at all. Uh, I think Lacerda's- I like Jeff Molina. I like Jeff Molina, but you know, I think his his if you bring the fight to him, you know, hard, you know, it, he could get caught for, for sure easily, bro. I don't like, think this guy he bringing- could get put if he gets put on his back, and it's gonna be easy. This guy, I'm telling you, if you try to wrestle with him, you could put him on his back. If you could put him on his back, he he does not have a lot a lot of polish on the ground. Yeah, I do I do agree with that. But um, the if, grapp- so if the, the grappling- fight is gets to the ground at all, this he's I think Molina's in in trouble because Lacerda is like a high variance guy on the ground, and he's only going for submissions if he gets you to the ground. I've seen I've seen very bad top game from Lacerda. I've seen him yeah, fall, but that's because he's back. just going seen- nuts, man. Because he's yeah, trying yeah. to kill you, and he's no good. Very- but if he does he's no any, but he's going to be able to get to those positions on Jeff Molina, I think. I think here's the thing. So we've seen three, we've seen three fights from Lacerda, right? There are, there are three fights available online. They total seven minutes. One, he's spinning back kicks, knocks the guy out. And then the other two are kind of these mediocre grappling wins, in my opinion. And he had, I think, this back is takes. how all the Brazilians come in, though. They always look shitty. They always look like they're beating up on bums, and then they end up being good. No, that's a, that's a that's a stupid generalization. But but look at this guy's record. I mean, he he has never no record at all of him going past round one. Um, he's fought in really low level competition. Um, and how big of a favorite should Jeff Molina be then? Uh, minus two hundred. Yep. Okay. Um, so like the striking is going to be extremely one sided for Molina, in my opinion. I've seen good enough takedown defense, um, especially in the Aori fight. I mean, he got taken down there, but uh, Aori no, looked a lot terrible. 
Uh, he just walked forward on him and I mean, had no ringcraft at all. He was on his he, way to winning two rounds, though. Yeah, but you're letting that cloud your vision just because he's the only one of that like UFC PI over there that did even decently. He still was getting in his getting his face punched in. He was just doing a lot of stuff, like yeah. But like I said, he, like he was a, without a, the knock, he was without the knockdown, fighter. without He's the knockdown in fighter. round two, without the knockdown in at the last five seconds of round two, he was on his way to being up. That guy's good though. Is that guy good? I'm not saying he's good. I'm just saying that he did fine against the takedowns of Aorian in that fight. Um, and and continue to continue to better build. grappler than him, man. No, no, he's not. Listerda's getting knocked so? out in round two or three. Uh, you don't think would... you don't think Aori's a better? Uh, uh, he's Bro, a better grappler than seven, There's no, no, I don't, dude. There's seven minutes huh? of footage on this guy, and there, you know, and the, against two. Okay, so he armbarred a thirteen and twelve fighter. And he triangled a four and two fighter. Both of those fights, he fell off of top position and back takes. Um, Lacerda is terrible. Um, sorry for the motorcycle in the background, but uh, Molina's knocking him out in rounds two and three. I'm on Molina money line and the inside the distance here. I think inside the distance being plus money is is pretty ch- crazy here. I mean, with with no proof that Lacerda has gone past three minutes, he's facing a high volume guy who builds as the fight goes. I'm pretty sure Molina's knocking this guy out in round two or three. That's going to take us to the next fight, which is in the lightweight division, where we have Jai Herbert as the minus 183 favorite, comma worthy, plus 158. And I'll try to keep this one short. I mean, I just don't think you can put much faith in a worthy at all at this point, considering the guy, his defense, his chin is so bad. I mean, the guys he just got knocked out to, I think Azaitar is terrible. I think he just wings punches and praise that they connect and he was able to get worthy out of there and then one little left hook from malarkey in the the first 30 seconds of the fight uh sent worthy face first down to the mat i think this guy's chin is just too depleted um you know he might end up being like an arosa where like his chin comes and goes and some fights he looks good some fights he looks you know terrible and gets killed but i think that the chance that Worthy gets knocked out in the first round here is so high that you're better off just passing on this pre-fight and looking to live bet Worthy. Um, I think Herbert's the better striker. He's got some pretty good hands. He rocked Ronaldo. He hit uh, Moicano with some good punches. And Worthy isn't going to be the guy to initiate a lot of grappling. Um, the only way I think Worthy looks uh, remotely good is if he offensively wrestles here. And he's just not reliable enough to do that. So uh, I'll, I'll pick Herbert and knock out round one. Uh, what are your thoughts here? Yeah, um, you know, Worthy has kind of like a weird janky style. Like it works for him sometimes, but you know, in that in, in some of these fights, he's just getting hit, you know, extremely cleanly. And like you said, uh, has not shown the du- durability. So you know, I think any play on him is you know forcing it a bunch, uh, unless you're maybe going for like hoping for uh, like an inside the distance on him. I think would be a better play because. You know, if he's not finishing Herbert, I think he's just going to be too available to be hit over the course of the fight. And eventually Herbert's going to finish him. But Herbert's fragile himself. So, I, you know, tough for me to be real confident in Herbert. Um, but I couldn't, I definitely couldn't bet Kama Worthy under any uh, any occasion. Yeah, maybe like some, some unders here. Fight doesn't start round two is plus 180 on FanDuel. I mean, there's a good chance these guys just swing to the death in round one. Um, but, uh, that's going to do it for this fight. We're going to move on next fight, uh, middleweight division. 
Lauriano Steropoli as the minus 225 favorite. Jamie Pickett plus 190. Cool. Uh, amazing these two guys are still <laughs> in the UFC, but here we are. Oh, uh, man. This fight, man. I mean, it, this fight got canceled before, right? Uh, it was like supposed to be like two weeks ago. Uh, Pickett got like uh, COVID or something like that. So, I mean, Pickett. I mean, he got finished by Ninja super easily. Hollywood Ninja, you know, shout out like that kid's gonna be a superstar. I, I you know, shame that uh, Julian we got Marcus, robbed last weekend. Yeah. We got robbed last weekend, man. That this these shows are getting watered down because if if I can't see Ninja when they tell me there's Ninja, it's a fucking problem. Yeah, um, he wouldn't need his fucking head across the arena. It's a problem, too. dude. It's a problem. So. You know, this week, though, we, they're putting Sarapoli on here with Pickett. I mean, Pickett, he just doesn't do anything, man. He's just not, uh, I, I, like, what is Pickett, like, he's just super enthusiastic and stuff. But, like, after Sarapoli's last fight, <laughs> where I told people, I'm like, man, come on, Sarapoli's fighting at 185. He's going to get grappled. It's going to be easy for, for, like, a guy like Roman. And it was super easy. He was just hugging him to death. And Sarpoli literally couldn't get away. It was crazy. So, I mean, you got to be, you got to be, you just, how can you bet him as minus 240? That's nuts. So, I mean, I guess you could play picket here, but any fight, any win here, you're going to be like, oh my God, like, how did I win this fight? Like, it was like, it's not a fight that he could probably win very clearly. Uh, and he could be beat up at any time because, you know, if, once he starts getting tired, if he starts, Sarapoli starts hitting him a bunch, he could get finished at any time here. So big pass on this fight, man. But if you best Sarapoli, what, like, I don't know how you win. I don't know how you do it. Yeah. I, I mean, I think I, you, you echoed pretty no, much all my, it. all my thoughts here, but I like, you I think you can't justify a small bet on Pickett here just because, I mean, this guy is, has zero wins at 185, Starapoli. He's just like an average, maybe slightly above average striker. Um, and I don't think his power is going to really translate too well to, to this 185 weight class. I know Pickett got got finished real quickly by um, right, but he actually took a, a complete beating from Tafon. Tafon also not the biggest hitter, but, I mean, he – Pickett, I think, is somewhat durable. So, I mean, I think he can be in this the entire time. He can bite the mouthpiece. If you watch his uh, contender series fight against uh, Jonathan Potty, he gets outstruck in that fight and then just realizes he's losing and just decides to come forward, string together a combination, and he gets Potty out of there. So, I think something Potty. similar something similar could happen here. Um, Steropoli is not an offensive wrestler. I think it's just going to be a competitive striking fight. And P- Pickett, I give a power edge. I give a size edge. And I think it? that... Yeah, I think that uh, you know you can justify half unit bet, half unit two plus two hundred. Yeah, you gonna do it? it? Let's do it. No, I'm not doing. (laughs) No way. Value is value. You said no way. Good luck. You said you you can't cap in minus two forty here, so that means there's right. You're right, but I can't do it, dude. I can't do it. I don't know if that's investable. What's what's picket no scorecards? Because like that that could be interesting too. Um, No thanks. Plus one eighty. Plus one eighty, bro. Good luck. Do it. Um, I'm not doing that shit, dude. We're gonna move on to another short, short notice late replacement fight. I really, really bummed we didn't get to see the rematch of Mason Jones and Alan Patrick. You know, oh, boy. Um, but we got Mason Jones minus four hundred here. David Onama making his UFC debut plus three hundred, and 
You want to start this? No, no, it's my turn to start one. All right, so Mason Jones is definitely more proven, uh, the better fighter in all aspects than Onama. But this Onama guy is definitely athletic. He does have some power in his hands. He doesn't seem glaringly awful at any one particular area. I mean, I don't think his defensive grappling looked very good. Um, And he really hasn't fought a striker uh, that has been on his level at all. So, um, you know, I think that Onama could win some UFC fights just because the guy is athletic and powerful. But this isn't one of them. I mean, Jones is extremely durable. He's well-rounded. He can outstrike you on the feet, put up a high pace, and take you down to the floor if he needs to as well. So I think Jones uh, should win and probably cover his price here. I could see Onama having like a big moment early where maybe he lands one big punch, but outside of a knockout in the first round, I don't see Onama having much success here. And there's a good chance Mason even finishes in rounds two or three with Onama coming in on short notice. And Jones is just a motherfucker, man. He builds as the fight goes. He puts damage on you and a very fun fighter to watch. Um, So what are your thoughts here? Uh, yes, yeah, so I looked at Onama, was not on my radar at all. Um, I guess there's some guys that you know maybe have brushed on him as a UFC prospect, but apparently trains, I think, with Kraus, I guess, right? He's at Glory MMA. Um, you know, looking at some of his fights, I mean, I think this should be a fight that could be competitive, you know, in some, you know, in some areas because Mason Jones, like, you know, he, he is in there often with guys, you know what I mean? Like he's going back and forth with them. Uh, so that could definitely happen here. Um, Onama though, like, I, I don't know how, if he's going to be able to initiate offense as, uh, on the front foot as he wants it and not, and he's not really used to that. So in like a fight, that I think how it's going to break out. I think you got to favor uh, Jones, you know, pretty significantly. And, you know, his last few fights, I think he's shown, you know, pretty well in the UFC. So I think this should be a fight that, yeah, that he, he looks good in. But uh, I don't really know what to think of on- Onama as a prospect overall. Like, I don't know if this is a guy who could stick around in the UFC. Interesting that we have Onama on this Onama, and then we also have Obama on this card um, who is fighting next. But I realized that we actually skipped the fight. Let's go back to that one. We can't miss this one. One of the best fights in the card. Women's strawweight division. We got Tabitha Reese minus 260, Maria Oliveira plus 220. Uh, I'll start this one off because I, I I sent out a tweet about this, but like this Oliveira woman is 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 so bad, so inconceivably bad at MMA, um, and I think that her getting signed to the UFC just proves that the, the UFC, Sean Shelby, McMaynard don't watch any tape whatsoever. They see, oh, this woman's coming off a win, let's get her in here, um, and they just have no standards. They basically will accept any you know taxi driver, soccer mom, whatever. Um, and that's what Oliveira is. I mean, most of her wins are over opponents with zero and zero <laughs> records. Um, and, you know, the woman's just an extremely robotic and, and static striker. She got taken down and dominated on the map by uh, Asakura back in Ryzen. And I think Risi is going to be competitive on the feet. Um, I think that she's going to probably bull rush her way into the clinch, get a takedown, and probably just dominate from top position. I, uh, I don't think Risi is anything great. But I think that she has shown an ability to hit takedowns and to keep top position. And she also throws ground and pound. She looks for submissions. Um, she can submit you with, you know, arm bars, all types of crazy stuff. And I just think Oliveira is incredibly weak and noodly. And she's going to get taken down and finished on the ground here. So I like uh, Reese to cover her price and to win inside the distance. So Reese inside the distance plus money. I think that uh, one takedown could be the fight and uh, get a finish here. So did you look into this fight at all? 
Yeah, you know, I know Rishi, Rishi, uh, you know, pretty well. Um, you know, you know, in this fight here, uh, I'd agree. I think that she should be able to get her grappling going. She has a decent, um, pretty, pretty solid uh, jujitsu background, and I think you know you saw in that uh, Fero fight that, you know, she's not, uh, you know, afraid to to strike in the pocket. You know, she's not really, like shying away from punches all that much. You know, she has some experience there, so I think she should be able to be fine if he take take uh. Uh, Silva down. What is yeah? Uh, the Oliveira, excuse me, Oliveira down, and uh, get her get her submission game going, and her cardio should be solid as well. Nice, nice, good amount of time spent on that fight. Um, we're gonna move on to the Obama fight in the middleweight division. Uh, two amazing fighters, love these guys a lot. Um, Gregory Rodriguez minus one twenty seven. Wow, he got steam in the past twenty four hours. Jun Young Park plus one oh seven. Um. If you're looking to bet Gregory Rodriguez, now's the time. Minus 110, minus 108, some stale lines out there. But a uh, very fun matchup. You start this one off, Ozzy. Um, yes, yeah, so you got Iron, Iron Turtle here uh, coming in. You know, Park, uh, you know, last few fights. You know, he's shown, you know, I don't know. He, he He's had a few UFC fights where he's had, you know, fought some def- decent competition, won uh, easily on a you know, number of occasions. Uh, and, you know, coming here against Rodriguez, though, you know, it's a fight where Rodriguez probably is a higher level, um, you know, future guy. Like, he could get higher up on the ladder um, in terms of, you know, potentially getting into the top 15, whatever, you know, uh, advancing here. Um, and this is definitely a solid test for him. But I think that, you know, this guy's got uh, the good, the correct background. He's a pretty strong grappler. He hasn't had to show it that often. But I think here against Park, he's going to have the more varied attack on the feet, um, be able to to defend the grappling of Park and the grappling attempts, and then potentially uh, go on the offense. Like you saw um, Aaron, Hernan- uh, Aaron Hernandez, yeah, uh, Fluffy. Uh, Fluffy Hernandez uh, take advantage of uh, Anthony, their fight. Not Anthony, the murderer. Not the Fluffy. murderer. Fluffy, yeah, but Fluffy Hernandez um, take advantage of uh, in their fight, uh, and he was able to you know end up finding the uh, the finish there. I think he, you know he had a pretty uh, close fight with uh, Beirut, um, and I think this fight uh, bodes. It's going to be more of a guy where Rodriguez is going to be coming forward, implementing his game, and uh, it's going to be. Uh, I don't really like Park on the defense as much uh, as opposed to like when he's able to back a guy up like Tafan, solid win, but he was much quicker uh, than Tafan there and he was able to mix it up easily on him. Rodriguez is way more uh, experienced and I don't think that that matchup, that style uh, bodes well for him here. So I I favor Rodriguez uh, in this matchup here against Park. But I think probably by decision, you know, but. Yeah, um, I, I'm sure I'm sure you like the over here as well, then, um, because Park not really much of a damaging fighter. Um, he he does land a good amount of strikes, can land some ground and pound. He's just not too powerful and not much of a finisher. So if anyone's finishing this fight, I lean towards it being Rodriguez. And this is a really good matchup. I, you know, I think me and Ozzy both cashing these guys uh, as underdogs in their last fights, but um. I think that the striking here is going to be competitive, but I see a clear difference. And Park is mostly boxing. He mixes in the occasional leg kick, but I think that uh, Rod is the more, more versatile striker. I think he he mixes in uh, his kicks a little bit better, uh, better Muay Thai base, while Park is mostly uh, coming from that boxing base. And 
Uh, Park has looked pretty dominant in his past three fights, but I think a lot of that had to do with him getting takedowns and being able to top game his opponents. But I think Rodriguez has better takedown defense, has a better defensive grappling base than the past few opponents. And Rodriguez also has his own offensive takedown arsenal. We've seen him outgrapple some opponents before he got into the UFC and even hit some brief takedowns on Dusko Todorovic. I mean, he had a clean double leg out of nowhere in that fight. So Rodriguez steadily improving guy training at Sanford MMA, which I believe is the best gym in the world for middleweights. I mean, they have an insane roster of middleweights, Brendan Allen, Derek Brunson, uh, the list goes on. And uh, I just lean towards uh, Rodriguez in this fight as well. I, I trust his takedown defense and I trust them a little bit more on the feet. Although these exchanges are going to be close. I think when the fight is standing, they're going to be, you know, marginal rounds, but I'm I'm going to be siding towards Rodriguez. So I think it's a little more clean in the boxing. He's got more power too as well. Um, Park just doesn't really sit down on his punches the same way Rodriguez does. So this is going to be a great fight. I, I lean this one going over in the decision and I'll be signed with uh, Rodriguez as well. So even money, if you can pick up some, some stale lines of that, uh, I think that that is, that's the play and that's going to do it for the prelims. Uh, we got done eight fights. We got six more to go in this big 14 fight card. And let's get right into it on the main card. So first fight, light heavyweight division. We have uh, Nicolau Nergamanu, minus 220. Ike Villanueva, plus 185. Um, you want to start this one off again, Ozzy? Uh, yeah, so, I mean, Ike here, he's plus 200. I mean, I'm going to keep it short and sweet. Ike is plus 200. Uh, last fight, he was like the same price against Prakniao. Prakniao has a lot more tools and a lot more, um, you know, a, a wider background on feet that was able to give Ike some issues there. Uh, he, he could fight on the back foot. He uh, uses a bunch of kicks, you know, to the legs and to the body. Uh, and, and um, you know, he ended up, you know, finishing him with that body kick, but he was punching to the body as well. You know, uh, Nick here, I don't think that fight against Kmore was that impressive. I think people give him a little bit too much credit for it. Um, you know, he was super tough in that fight, but he was getting landed on, you know, so often. Uh, you know, I think the only reason you would want to back him here uh, as a favorite of this magnitude is because you think he's going to be able to get takedowns that I guess he has shown somewhat in the past. But, you know, Ike here, I think he hits harder than Kmore. Uh, Kmore so he could potentially finish this. Um, and, you know, I think he slowed down a little bit in that first round in that fight, but he was, was because he was getting hit to the body, I felt. So, you know, I think these guys are way closer, you know, match like level wise on this line. So, you know, maybe I, I, I'd be, you know, try, try something on Ike, but it looks like, I don't know, this line is stale, stagnant, I, I should say. So I don't know which way it's going to go here, but there's no way I could bet Nick here at minus 200. It's just crazy. <laughs> yeah, and definitely not a guy that you can really think about laying that chalk on. I mean, he was just yeah, this guy's so easy to hit, man. Like he was just on. plus two twenty five <laughs> in his last fight. I mean, I cashed him on on him as a dog there, um, but that fight was closer than I remembered going back on it. But um, Villanueva, one big red flag about him is that he hasn't fought past six minutes in four years. Um, we saw him get uh, finished in his last fight right around the six minute mark. So you really have no idea how the guy's cardio is going to look, but I can't imagine it looking good. I mean, the guy's a, a swollen up middleweight, and I just don't think his cardio is going to be that good in the later rounds. And Nergamano came off a long layoff, had a pretty high action fight, and still had good gas, 
uh, winning round three unanimously on all three judges' scorecards versus Cameron. So you got to favor Nergamanu the, the longer the fight goes. But I think Villanueva is going to make the striking exchanges very close early on. He's probably a little bit more clean of a boxer, as you mentioned. But uh, Nergamanu is durable. He comes forward. He throws good punches of his own. And he also can mix in some takedowns. We saw him get one takedown on Cameron. We saw him get some takedowns in his regional footage against some lower-level opponents. And Villanueva is not a good defensive grappler. And I think that uh, Nergamanu could uh, get some top time here, could get some cage pushing time. And I do expect Nergamanu to pull away in rounds two and three, maybe even find the late finish. So maybe look at those round two, three props for Nergamanu. Uh, but definitely no way you could bet the money line. I think Villanueva is going to make a close in round one. And um, you're probably going to get a better live price on Nergamanu. So uh, the value side is Villanueva here. But I don't have much faith in him, and uh, I'll be picking Nergamanu to finish in the later rounds. Probably a TKO on the mat in round two or three. So that's going to take us um, to the next fight. Um, the best Grant on the card. Um, we have Dwight Grant. Uh, as Actually, he's the underdog. We're going to start with Francisco Trinaldo, minus 140. Dwight Grant, plus 120. I'll start this one off, and uh, I like I like the old man Trinaldo here. I mean, I'll probably just bet on Trinaldo for every single one of his fights um, until he retires, just because the guy is you know a legend in MMA. Had that incredible comeback versus Jai Herbert last year um, was probably one of the the coolest moments of all of the UFC last year with that crazy round three knockout. And this is a good matchup for him. I mean, Dwight Grant just stinks, man. Uh, we got robbed uh, by St uh, on Stefan Sekulich last. Uh, you know, a couple months back, back in April, rewatching that fight, I definitely think Sekulich won the first and third round. And I just think we saw a lot of susceptibilities that translate well to this Trin Trinaldo matchup. First off, Sekulich is a southpaw. Um, Dwight doesn't really seem to do too well against southpaws. And this is his fifth southpaw in a row that he's fighting. And it's, it seems like he's not really learning much about how to actually match up with them. Um, and then uh, Grant, just not a hit, not a very... Not a very defensively sound guy. We saw him get cracked with a punch uh, versus Sekulich in round three. We saw him get dropped versus D-Rod. Um, I think he's kind of a chinny guy, and he also just doesn't have good takedown defense. Got taken down by Sekulich and um, has been taken down several times throughout his career. So I think Trinaldo could honestly have a striking and grappling advantage here. Um, you know, he's a crafty striker on the feet, very good southpaw striker. I think he's going to figure Grant out. Um, the volume is a concern. Both of these guys are low-volume strikers, but um, I think Trinaldo is going to do well uh, against a fellow low-volume striker, especially when he has the option to take the fight to the floor and to get some takedowns as well. So I know Trinaldo's up at a new weight class. I know he is 42, 43 years old, but I think he's still a little competent and skilled versus um, Salikov, who's a much, much better opponent than Grant. So I'm still willing to trust Trinaldo. I got yeah. some money line, minus 120, and uh, I'll pass him over to you. Yeah, so, you know, Trinaldo, in, in his last fight, I thought that was a pretty solid performance by him overall. You know, he he got hit uh, a bunch of, you know, times pretty pretty solidly by Salikov. But Salikov is a pretty deadly striker. Um, they don't call that guy the Kung Fu God or the Monkey God or 
whatever his name is for for no reason that guy's insane i mean when you think about like mixed martial artists that are you know strikers and stand-up guys like this guy is a very very high level grant on the other hand i mean he's good too i uh, i think he's you know he's got a, a few fights here in the ufc uh he's fought some decent competition um but you know this he, he he's not really you know he has power for sure but you see he'll like slow down too like you, his, his gas tank quickly drained when he was going after d rod there and that's why he got knocked out mostly um it wasn't you know because like you probably should have gotten caught there you know that there was too early in the fight i feel for you to get caught like that um and it was just because he his gas tank you know quickly dissolved so I think, kind of think, uh, well, I like Trinado here, obviously, but I think that's kind of why maybe the line here um, in terms of the goes the distance is okay, not bad, because uh, they think that Trinado's cardio could definitely win out and he could get a finish here. So, you know, if someone here is liking Trinado and some finish props, I see that. Uh, me, myself, I kind of think I see this going over more. But uh, but I think a Trinaldo finish here is live, so I'm looking at Trinaldo by submission here as a prop. Uh, that I think uh could be you know something that, that definitely could happen here if Trinaldo is able to and and Trinaldo late also. I think that's uh, be correlated. So if you had a Trinaldo submission, you know you take some uh Trinaldo maybe round three, uh where where. Dwight Grant is tiring out, and Trinaldo maybe Trinaldo is maybe getting on top, but you know uh, a, a very long shot play, so it shouldn't be a big play. But I like Trinaldo here, um, but probably by decision. Yep, sounds like we're in, in, low, in our lower volume uh, striking fight. Hopefully, the the old Brazilian can pull off another win. Um, you know, one of my favorite fighters, honestly, of all time. So hopefully, he can. That's going to move us on to the next fight in the. Featherweight division, we have Su Wong Choi, minus 290, taking on Alex Caceres, plus 245. I got to admit, I love Su Wong Choi in his uh, recent role in the Squid Game on Netflix. Um, oh, he's right back, in the, right back in the UFC here. Um, God almighty. And then there was, there was a character named uh, Sung Woo in that, in that show. So um, what are you going to... Whose turn is it to start? I think it's yours. You go ahead on this. Uh, I mean, I don't got too much on this fight, I'll be honest. Um, you know, I think Bruce Leroy, I think this is like his, I, th I counted up like 24th or 25th fight in the UFC now. So this guy's got crazy amount of experience, uh, is is on a solid win streak here. Um, but, you know, I, I think the thing with Choi is he's, he's so rangy. He's such a strong, uh, a strong striker overall. Um you know, with, with solid power as well. And I, I, I could see him just being able to keep, I mean, Caceres, I think is he's going to be coming after Caceres and Caceres is just pretty crafty uh, to maybe not get finished here, but I just can't, I, I don't have a, a, a very, very strong take on this fight because, you know, I, I don't know if Caceres has enough, uh, you know, physical ability to, and, and take in grappling ability to get Choi down and, you know, how is he going to win the fight? I, like, I just can't project it out as very well to, to take a side, you know, for, you know, very, uh, with much conviction. So I think Choi probably wins a decision that these guys are clinching up and clinching, you know, clinching in, clinching in, uh, and Caceres needs like a more high variance fight where there's some grappling and, you know, stuff like that to, to win.
I'm definitely down to, to take some Alex Caceres here, you know, just just a half unit better or something. I mean, I just think this this line is is a little too wide. I mean, uh, I'd say it's actually way too wide. I mean, minus 290 for Choi. I mean, I think he's really going to need a fight with very, very minimal grappling to, to justify that price tag. Uh, I mean, Caceres is, is a pretty durable guy. I don't remember. Has he ever been knocked out in, in the UFC? Uh, Francisco Rivera knocked him out in 20 seconds, like way, way back in the day, six years ago. But uh, the guy's on a sneaky four fight win streak, not over the greatest competition, um, but still four fight win streak coming in at plus 250 when he should have you know, a grappling advantage for sure has an experience advantage. I mean, you you said it earlier this week. I mean, the guy's had what, 23 fights in the UFC. You know, uh, he's a sneaky veteran, probably one of the one of the most uh, experienced guys at these lower weight classes. And. You know, what I saw from Choi in, in the Tucker fight, in the Evlev fight, I know those guys are a lot better grapplers than uh, than Caceres is, but I just think that Choi can, you know, let opponents get behind him, let him get that back clinched, let him grind him against the cage. I mean, a lot of that Evlev fight took place against the cage in, in that, like, that backpack position where the guy's not really getting a back take. He kind of just rides you against the fence, and Caceres is really crafty at getting those positions. He's got good back takes, and... I think Caceres can make the fight scrappy. I mean, you definitely got a favorite Choi on the feet, um, but he's coming off that knockout over Erosa. I feel like he could be getting a little bit overrated um, based on that fight. Um, and what I saw in the Zalal fight as well, Zalal is kind of a, a weak fighter, not the best grappler. And Choi's takedown defense did look a lot improved in that fight. He stuffed pretty much all of uh, Zalal's shots, but I still thought Zalal was able to get him against the fence for several minutes in that fight. And if Caceres can do that as well, I don't think Choi's justifying minus 300 here. So I'm down to take a little bit of a stab on Caceres. And uh, I like Caceres' uh, points handicap here as well. That's going to take us to the next fight in the women's bantamweight division where we have Jessica Rose Clark minus 148, Jocelyn Edwards plus 128. Um, I'll start this one off because I got a bet on uh, JRC here, two units minus 129. Uh, I mean, I was looking at this line a few weeks back and uh, I thought that Edwards could be worth the play at minus 170 or minus 185, whatever it was at. And I'm, you know, I was shocked to see all the Edwards money come in. Not sure why people are betting Edwards because I just think the woman's pretty terrible. Um, I think her striking is, you know, average at best. But Jessica Rose Clark, I think, is the better striker. She's been chaining at the CSA gym um, with kieran something i forget the guy's uh name he's a good striking coach though and you can watch the footage of her striking i mean this woman is uh, she has really good understanding of, of striking fundamentals and edwards doesn't you know she's just a winging wild striker and then that's not even wor edwards worst aspect her grappling is by far her weakest aspect of her game i mean this woman can be easily taken down stays in guard for long long periods of time got out grappled by sarah alpar even Wu Yanan was taking her down and putting her in some bad spots. And, you know, that fight versus Wu Yanan was extremely close. And without like a reversal at the end of round one there, I mean, Edwards could have potentially lost that fight to Wu Yanan. So um, I think Rose Clark should be able to outstrike her and out grapple here. Uh, I like what I saw from Rose Clark in her last fight uh, against Alpar. Her output uh, build 
as that fight went. And the only really concern over Rose Clark um, it has to be she's coming off a knee surgery, um, but she took a long time to rehab that, you know, documented her whole recovery on her Instagram. It's been nine or more months, and I think she's taken plenty of time off, and I think she's going to be healthy and, uh, you know, probably at her all-time best here against Edwards. So I think she's probably going to dominate to even possibly get another late finish, but I'll pick uh, JRC by 30-27. Um. Yeah, I mean, I looked at this fight and, you know, I could see, you know, I got, I could see why people like Edwards, uh, not, uh, not Edwards, uh, Clark here. Um, yeah, Rose Clark here. I think the line now is justified, but the thing is like any, any fight here that she wins, I think is predicated on like her decision-making and stuff, because, you know, if they do end up sort of end up grappling, Edwards is like you said, she's like so wild and stuff that, uh, Rose Clark, she you, when when she's on the ground, sometimes you you don't know, or you just don't know what her decision making is on the ground. Uh, and I think if this fight is in in the grappling, I could see Edwards like cashing her, like just the uh, you know f them rolling around and stuff. So, uh, you know, I I think that Rose Clark is a deserved favorite, but I'm not as bullish as you know people are on her here. Um, I can see a, why people are, but I think uh, don't get overzealous, especially at this price here, minus 160. I think a lot of the value is definitely drained out, um, but I think it, it'll probably end up continuing to go up. Yeah, yeah, a little bit. I guess I could be overconfident in JRC, but I'm, I really do think she covers minus 200 and then some here. So I wouldn't, um, I wouldn't be at I mean, I guess, you know, I'd I, I try to look for some, like another line of value here, though. Like maybe try to, you know, don't go too big on the money line, like and try uh try to find a prop, you know, that you you feel solid about to, to maybe get a better payout and investing at minus 160. Holy shit. Clark no scorecards minus 135 has Edwards ever finished someone I mean the woman is so Not sure newly and weak she has yeah she has a few finishes in the regionals but I don't no, like try to mix it up and find something like that yeah uh, I like that I like that no scorecard all right so fight you're probably looking forward to the most on your card you got your boy Grant Dawson co-main event spot uh, minus 450 taking on Rick Glenn plus 350. Both these guys, former featherweights, moving up to 155 pretty recently. And they both won their first fight at lightweight last fight. So how do you think they match up? How do you think your boy Grant Dawson is going to do here? I mean, I've been saying it, you know, amongst, uh, you know, the people I, you know, talk to, right? Like like you guys, whatever. Uh, I don't know how much I've posted it, like on Twitter and stuff. But, you know, Grant Dawson, he's always been, you know, super, super high level. He's, I think, one of the best grapplers. I think he, he was saying it earlier. He's like, hey, I'm the best MMA wrestler at 155. He's fought really solid competition. This guy's 17-1 and one with 15 finishes. He's just an extremely strong grappler when he gets, gets his hands on you. Um, on the feet, he's able to uh, maintain range and then be able to get inside to, to use that grappling. And Rick Glenn... Uh, he came back nicely in that last fight against Silva. He hurt him with punches, got you know some good good, good angles on some of those shots to be able to get him inside. But it, it's just uh, too easy for a guy to close the distance on him, you know, and then and then be able to to implement their game. And Grant Dawson, there there are a few guys that are like him that are able to you know get the fight into the clinch, onto the ground, and then start progressing the position. And then once he is progressing the position, he's just 
like you can't get out from under this guy and he'll you know land ground and pound he'll go for submissions and uh that's why you've seen that price swell out so much and i think i mean i think this guy's real deal man i think this guy has top 15 top 10 you know being able to be in those ranks and be a, a very difficult fight for many guys on any given day and it's just you know what fights does he get to advance up the ladder so i think he gets rick Glenn down and probably you know to uh, finish later on but you know rick glenn's never been uh knocked out or anything like that uh, i think uh so i think his finish he's only lost by like decision to finish and uh submission so i think that's probably the most likely uh path if he's if grant is gonna get a finish but uh we'll see you know rick glenn's proven to be historically tough good cardio so i don't count him out but uh you know the price is moving this way for a reason so you are leaning dawson finish over a decision you think I would say so. Yeah. Um, yeah. That that's really the biggest question of this fight is is Dawson going to finish or is he going to win by decision? Last time Glenn was finished was Lance Palmer rear naked choke back in 2014. So um, the guy's been kind of inactive again uh, since then though. And fight fighting guys who are aren't really known for finishers. You know, Evan Dunham, uh, Miles Jury, Dennis Bermudez, Kevin Aguilar. Um. But, you know, I'm a little more uh, skeptical of Dawson, but I don't think it's really worth bringing up at this point because I don't think any of those, you know, concerns are going to come into play here uh, just because I don't think Glenn is going to propose much of a problem. I, mean, I think Glenn could have moments of success when the fight is at range here at distance. He's got that long southpaw, good body kicks. Um, you know, decent hands as well. And I do think that Dawson's striking is a bit underdeveloped, but I, I don't think Dawson is going to give him any space. I think Dawson's constantly going to be trying to get this fight to the floor. It's going to be a lot of uh, cage pushing time. Dawson's probably going to grind him against the cage, take him down, and, you know, probably do some good work from top, possibly finding a finish, like Ozzy said, in rounds two or three. And, uh, you know, I, I, I probably do lean uh, around three finish, but uh, it, it's it's going to be close here because Glenn is, uh, you know, not a great defensive wrestler. Um, he fought Dennis Bermudez, got taken down several times in that fight, but he knows how to get up from takedowns. He knows how to stay safe. But uh, obviously, Grant Dawson, a completely different animal than Bermudez with this top game. So um, I could see Dawson, you know, be, just being too strong and physical for Glenn. Uh, Glenn's never really faced a legit 155 or in like, a you know, an extended fight. He'd knock out Silva in 30 seconds. That doesn't really count. So I think that Dawson's probably going to be, uh, you know, too much for Glenn here and smother him in his way to either a grappling decision or a round three finish. So uh, I would like to see Dawson show some improvements in, in his stand-up in this fight, though. Um, that Or maybe if he, if he finished the fight in rounds one or two, that would impress me. So um, hopefully Dawson puts a stamp on this win. And uh, hopefully we get to see him match up against... Uh, Carlos Diego Ferreira, like was originally intended. That's going to take us to the main event. Ozzy flying through this shit, bro. Um, main event, 195-pound catchweight fight. A lot of, you know, controversy drama going on with this fight this week. Marvin Vittori sitting at minus 174 now. Vittori, or Costa coming back, plus 149. I mean, crazy to think what this line has done. You know, this fight was supposed to happen, what, six, seven months ago? And it was, you know, Vittori minus 150, minus 160. And then all of a sudden, this fight got rebooked, and the line was almost even for a while there. Um, which is really strange, because Costa hadn't done anything since the fight was originally booked. And I think Marvin won two five round fights, right? Uh, maybe only one five round fight against uh, Holland. So um, you see that Marvin. He won the, he won the, the Hermanson fight as well. 
Yeah, but I think that the, I think that Costa was supposed to happen in the beginning of the year, if I'm not correct. Mm. Like maybe mm. like March okay. or something. Mm. Uh, I think I think April is when it was supposed to happen. Um, mm. But yeah, yeah, because then Holland filled in for him, right? Um, Holland filled in for uh, for Costa, and then you know. Vittori put together uh, a, oh I know what happened obviously um the Adesanya fight just you know Vittori oh, yeah, looked, yeah. Vittori looked bad against Israel and then well we've seen Vittori yeah. basically I mean the thing was we saw Vittori three times in uh six months over you know you got 20 uh 15 rounds of the guy you know you got or not you got 25 you got uh 75 minutes of the guy you know because he fought Hermanson in Ju- in December he then he fought in April then he fought in June so you got a lot of uh, just Marvin screen time there. So you know, coming in here, point. you know, you know, what I'm saying like he didn't really have a lot of time to improve. Like, look at his last four fights. That uh, after that Andrew Sanchez fight, they all took place in one year. Um, he's active. He's super active. Yeah, and Costa is uh, you know, the opposite. Like he fights like once a year, once every two years. Before he had like. The, the you know the USADA stuff before and I, I mean all this hoopla this week I think you know it's I don't think it's a coincidence you know all this stuff is happening and then like n- number of years or not months ago you saw him like doing stuff with like Jake and Logan Paul or something so like I don't like uh, Costa is always you know doing these weird things I don't know like the wine before the last fight he's you know messing around with Jake and Logan Paul now he's got this you know nonsense going around him so like he, he's actually, just a nut job essentially just a crazy dude like I don't think this is like as much of an act as like people think it is like this guy's just nuts man he yeah, like totally. he 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 just do not even that he's nuts he's just doing a bunch of different things you know what I'm saying so I don't know like him coming into this fight like is this guy like a real fighter like yeah man like this guy will throw down so you know the 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 thing though is that vittori you know i think is solid enough that he should be able to extend the fight and maybe get this into grappling where i think vittori is a way more developed grappler and i'm not really sure like what costa's ground game actually looks like um, and if Vittori is able to get this into like extended grappling situations, I think he could actually finish uh, Costa. But Costa is a freaking, uh, you know, hammer on the feet if he's coming out like he was against, you know, Romero and Uriah Hall. But, you know, I, I can't be real confident in him. I know people are like, hey, like I, I, I kind of want to bet Costa if, if he keeps like the line keeps going in Marvin's direction. But I don't like I don't know what this guy's doing and he hasn't really proven a lot in terms of if a guy actually knows uh jujitsu like marvin does marvin trains with some super solid dudes out in california and is able to get these takedowns uh he should be able to potentially get some good positions uh when they do uh get to the floor yeah, I mean, this fight does seem like a bit of a gamble if you're betting Costa here. I mean, you're kind of questioning whether who what Costa is going to show up. The Costa who looked at his all-time best versus Yoel Romero or, you know, the Costa who showed up completely gunshot against Israel Nasanya and, you know, has come, you know, kind of gone off the rails since that fight, just doing a lot of weird shit over the past year or two, like you said. Um, Vittori is, you know, a crazy motherfucker too, you know, completely in denial about the the Adesanya losses. But I mean, this guy is much more consistent. Like you said, he's he's active. You you know Vittori's gonna show up in shape. The guy has five rounds of cardio, he's got striking output for days, he's extremely durable, and he also can wrestle and keep top position very well. I mean, Vittori is extremely well rounded. I don't think he does, you know, any one aspect of MMA, striking or grappling, like 
elite, but he just mixes everything well. He has good attributes, and that makes him an extremely tough guy to beat. And, you know, early on in the week, I was, you know, having a little bit more faith in Costa. But, I mean, so many red flags from him this week. I think, like I said, it's really just a gamble on whether he's going to show up um, looking like his best self or looking like his most recent self against Israel. Um, like you said, he is kind of unproven in terms of jujitsu. How is he going to look off of his back? We have seen him briefly taken down a few times throughout his UFC career, but haven't really seen him spend more than like 20 or 30 seconds in grappling positions. Haven't seen him on his back for long periods of time, but we do know that the guy is, you know, incredibly athletic. He, he can bounce back up from some takedowns with that pure athleticism and just explosion so i think vittori isn't going to have much success grappling in rounds one or two here rounds three four and five is really when you're going to see vittori's grappling cardio advantage come into play um because i don't think costa has ever won a round three i don't think he's won a fight in round three we only have really seen him look really good in rounds one and two so i, I think in terms of pre-fight value, I think all the value from Vittori is probably evaporated at this point. I mean, people have steamed this line so hard the past week, especially after hearing the news about the weight. Um, but, you know, it could could be some crazy manipulative mind game by Costa. He could be in good shape. He could, um, you know, show up looking like he did versus the Romero fight. I honestly hope he does because that Costa was such a fun fighter to watch. Um, and I think that it would be a great matchup against Vittori. Uh, if the Costa from that Romero fight shows up, I think he really does give Vittori problems on the feet with his boxing, his body kicks, the way he digs to the body with his punches and kicks. Um, I think we could see Costa win rounds, but like I said, it's just, it's a complete gamble on whether he's going to show up looking like that or not. So I can't really put much faith in Costa and, uh, you know, probably wouldn't advise betting him either. Um. I'd say probably Costa knockout around one, two, three is the only way he's going to win the fight because if it goes in a four or five, you got to heavily favor the, the five round experience, the cardio, the grappling of uh, Marvin Vittori. So I think I'll probably pick Vittori, you know, four or five decision as the official pick. Although I would kind of like to see Costa pull off the upset. But uh, that's going to do it for the card, Ozzy. Guess how long we, we recorded for? Uh, a little more than an hour. Bro, like an hour and one minute or something. We th flew Perfect. through this shit. 14 fights in, in an hour. Um, With the recap, you know, it was less than an hour, all 14 fights. So we had a good pace to this one. I, I thought this one worked out pretty well. You know, cut some cut down on some time on some less important matchups. But, you know, for a card without much star power, got a lot of criticisms. I think this card is actually, you know, kind of fun. There are, there are some decent matchups. And I like a lot of betting spots. I have, you know, I think already like six units tracked in this card, which is, you know, pretty uh, a lot for me early on in the week. So, you know, make sure you check out our, uh, our bet MMAs uh, to see any more plays. And uh, that's going to do it this week. Uh, Ozzy, any closing thoughts? Any closing um, thoughts on Bellator maybe? I mean, for Bellator, it's like a all-Russia card. I, I, I didn't really look at it all that much. You know, I'm sure... You know, someone will be able to put together a pretty nice uh, parlay with some of these favorites. Like, there's definitely probably value on those, but I'm not I'm not doing anything on that. Um, but yeah, I think there's you know a few pretty pretty strong spots in this uh, fight card coming up. Um, but you know, like you said, it has it's like a roller coaster kind of card of like fights that you would actually be interested in watching. I would say so. You know, get in. You know, I don't think uh, you know you could always have some live bet spots, but I think you know money lines here. There's there's definitely some value up and down this board here. 
Um, and I think I'll have a, you know, a decent amount of plays over, like just sprinkled across. And I think I'm going to try some props, um, you know, this, uh, this card, because I think there are some, some decent ones, uh, on here, but let's see. Nice. Nice. Um, and then we got PFL next week too. You want to share any, any brief thoughts uh, on that? Uh, maybe we'll get, we'll get to that next week. We'll get to that next week. Uh, well, we're not, not going to be able to, it's, what it's, day, next, what it's next Thursday, I think. I might. Yeah, so let's record on let's record on Wednesday, uh, because it, it is PFF final PFL finals. Uh, let's you know I think we should let's move the recording up one day, record on Wednesday, and uh, and put out an episode before Thursday. All right, yeah, maybe we'll, we'll, maybe on that, maybe on that. Come um, on, <laughs> we'll see. Um, or, or 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 we could record early on Thursday. See, put this guy in the spot. You know, and if you guys want to hear some PFL for next week, where there'll probably be more fight fight matchups. Uh, I mean, we could or you could go into or you could go you could go into it right now. I'm, but I'm not giving nothing out right now. Uh, just just put all all your money on uh, against Clarissa Shields. That's all I gotta say. I don't but, think that fight's happening. So, well, plus three sixty, take that shit. All I right, heard, I heard I heard that fight's canceled. I heard she's like taking some time away. With her. I think I think wouldn't I read be, that wouldn't movie. be surprised. Wouldn't be surprised. Um, all For right, sure. that's gonna do it for the podcast. You know, hope you all enjoyed the card. Fourteen fights going down this Saturday from the Apex, and next week we'll be back with the the Fight Island pay per view UFC two sixty seven. So, hope you all enjoy the podcast. Thank you all for listening, and hope you all win some bets this weekend. Peace out. Peace out.